Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello and welcome to episode 178 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. This is Christina Simmons and it is such a beautiful pleasure and joy to be able to put out this conversation that I had with Kristalina Everett and share it with you. It is completely transformative. It is absolutely beautiful. The words that Kristalina was sharing touched my heart so deeply uh, several times that it brought tears to my eyes. And I know, especially for any woman who has struggled and has been afraid and has been hurt and feels like they're not worthy, they're not enough, and they're really struggling, this conversation is really going to touch you. And that's pretty much all of us, isn't it? All of us, including myself, have these struggles. We all have this woundedness. We all are trying to become the women that God created us to be. And in order to do that, we got to come to him. And Kristalina wrote a book, uh, Women Made New, uh, which really is beautiful in that she brought together 12 women who they themselves have overcome personal trials and the different lies that uh, Satan likes to put out there. Uh, so, and we're able to overcome them, of course, with God's grace to become champions for the kingdom of God. This is never more important than right now in our society with all of what is going on uh, and the challenges, but very particularly, it's the message that you are not alone and that when we unite our suffering to Christ, then it is possible to change the world just by being who God created you to be already. It doesn't take anything but your yes. And Chrysalina has such beautiful words of wisdom to help us be able to discover how we can listen to God's voice, how we can surrender to his mercy, and particularly how we can trust that he's going to be there to carry us and to deliver us from all the evil that we experience through the different traumas that we have lived through to the different ways that we struggle in a personal way. So I'm so excited. This conversation went a little longer, um, but I thought it was so important. So buckle up, open your heart and your mind, and enjoy the conversation with Kristalina Everett, and see it on the flip side. Hello, and 
Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. This is Christina Simmons, your host, and today I have a beautiful one-on-one conversation ahead for you with such a special guest, and I, it, it's such a pleasure and a treat. Um, I'm going to go a little fanboy in the fact of, you know, Christina and her husband, Jason Everett. I've, I've known of them because of their work uh, from my own youth ministry and confirmation work and all of that they've done, especially with chastity and theology of the body. And But Crystalina is joining me today on the show. So welcome. Thank you so much for jumping on. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. It truly is. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. So I've been super excited um, because Number one, you're actually coming to my diocese, uh, Diocese of Birmingham and Alabama, uh, and doing an event, which actually, you know, as we're talking, it's actually just next weekend, so I'm super pumped. Um, but, you know, that was one of the things that it, you kind of crossed paths again, but before it was because you had written up both of those today. But for you, would you share a little bit for those people who might not know of your work or your own journey? Could you really just share a little bit about your own journey and how you came to be doing what you're doing today? Uh, sure. I back in high school. Uh, well, let's go even further back than that. Right. Um, my father left when I was two. And so my mother was a single mother raising my sister and I, and, and so, so I can't come from a divorced family. And there was a lot of, um, I would say there was a lot of just distortion within the family unit, not even just my family with my mom being divorced and, and she really struggled, but wow, she was a champ <laughs> and she always put the faith for first and foremost in our lives. Right. But just our family members in general and extended family, I grew up seeing nothing but really promiscuity and divorce. And um, that's all I knew. And what I did know is that love didn't last. And even my grandfather, who I really looked up to and just love and really just embraced that relationship, ended up leaving my grandmother um, when she was in her 50s for another woman. And it just broke my heart. And I was 11. And from that point on, it really just stuck with me. And I believe the lie that love doesn't last. Love isn't a forever thing and it's temporary. So when I went into high school, I'm taking this with me. And I had my first quote unquote serious boyfriend, right? But after a while we started getting physical and that pressure kicked in. Well, do you, do you love me? Well, if you love me, you show me. And so I asked my friends and of course they didn't lead me in the right direction. And they're like, well, you love him. What's the problem? You know? So I lost my virginity at a very young age, which spiraled my life into um, a lot of dysfunction itself. And I got into a lot of promiscuous relationships. I got into the drinking and the drugs and the clubbing. I mean, you name it. I was into it. And yes, it was very attractive at the time as it is right now for young people and even worse things. But at the same time, um, I remember one day waking up and the night before it was nothing but partying and drinking. And I remember my friend saying, oh, it's not that big of a deal. This isn't that big of a deal. But the next morning, it is a big deal. It was a big deal. And I hated myself. I was disgusted with my life. I hated my life. I put a mask on every day like it was Halloween. And I didn't know how to get out of that rut because you feel like you've lost everything. You've given everything over. And the devil really loves to keep you bound up in that, that lie of like, you're nothing. You lost it all. You're worth nothing. You're damaged goods. And that's all you're ever going to be. Right. And you're going to be just like the rest of your family. And God never stops pursuing you. 
even in those darkest moments of your life and the ground fell beneath me and I felt like I had nothing. And my mother knew what was going on. Obviously all, all parents do to a certain extent, good parents. And, and she tells me, well, Crystalina, there is a chastity talk this weekend at this church and you're going. And I slapped in her face and I literally was like, no, I'm not going to go listen to some loser talk about sex. I'm not going. She goes, you're going if you like it or not. And she said she was going to take my car away from me. And so, of course, I was not going to miss those parties. So I said, okay, sure, no problem. I'm going to go. And I ended up going in those 15 minutes. That boy changed my life. And God really just pierced the darkness in my heart. And he had a lot of courage and he stood up and he just talked about his past. And from that point on, I really did turn my life around. And I wanted to help young women know it's never too late. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. All that matters now is where you go from here. And God has amazing plans for everybody. And it doesn't matter what you've done. So from that point on, I just wanted to help people. I ended up meeting Jason and in the Bahamas, no mind, mind you, at a chastity conference about speakers and being Catholic <laughs> chastity speakers. So that's where I met Jason. And from that point on, I slowly got into more ministry and speaking and working at Catholic Answers. And Jason and I, um, a couple of years later, ended up getting married. And um, within marriage, I really started having a hard time and I had to go back to counseling. And I did. And in that counseling session. And I didn't want to go. It was hard. Who wants to go to counseling and admit that you're broken and wounded, right? And that you have mental problems, but that's not what counseling is about. And that's not what counseling stands for, but it was, that's what I thought. So it was very hard for me, but I went and through the grace of God, I had a lot of healing and I was able to start over. And, um, a lot of my past really came up. That was really hard for me. And I was sexually abused as a child. I didn't realize, but I just, really just suppressed it, you know? And so it all came out, but it was really a grace from God. And I felt like from that point on, I really could start healing my past and my wounds. And Jesus was with me through it all. And again, I just wanted to scream from the rooftops again, that look, it doesn't matter how bad or how deep the wounds go or the darkness or the sin that Jesus wants to take you, to kill you, to strengthen you, so that you can start over. And so I started a ministry because of that process for women called women made new that helps women who want to start that healing process. It doesn't matter what has happened to them. Maybe they're in a bad relationship or an abusive relationship or had an affair, have a broken divorce, marriage, or or have been sexually abused themselves or abortion, whatever the case may be. I welcome all women. And I created this ministry, this website to come and to start that healing process and kind of walk their hand through that so that they truly can become the woman that God is calling them to be. So that's a bit of my background. <laughs> mm. uh, well, well, thank you so much for your sharing. Um, and thank you also for your vulnerability and sharing your own past and your own woundedness. And um, I, I think that's probably one of the things that always drew me when both you and Jason have done talks and when you have shared your stories is that you've been you've been honest about the struggles and the difficulties but particularly you always are pointing to Jesus you're always pointing to you know our our beloved who he desires to heal us and to draw us close and as you were saying you know i i, I loved what what you just said god never stops pursuing you Mm -hmm. And 
that is such a message that is so needed in our world today. And I'm so glad that, that you're doing it. But you spoke about Women May New in that organization and healing. And I get the sensing that this event that's coming up this coming Saturday is, is something about that. Could you speak a little bit more about that? Oh, absolutely. So it's going to be at the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament. And I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> it is my most favorite place on earth. I am not even kidding when I say that or exaggerating. If God says, Kristalina, where do you want to go today? I would say, I want to go to the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament. Please take me there right now. <laughs> That's where I would go. Mm. It is beautiful. And um, the way that they just venerate Jesus. And it really is just such a dwelling place for him. Like that is God's dwelling place. It's beautiful. And not that other churches aren't in the blessed sacrament. Absolutely not. I'm not saying that, but there is just something about, and just so holy and sacred. And it's just, it's beautiful that the, the vision that mother Angelica had, and then she built it, you know, and that's one thing I love about mother Angelica is that she was not afraid and God put this on her heart. He asked her to build the shrine and she just always one foot in front of the other, no matter what, no matter what obstacles, no matter what came after her, she loved Jesus and she did everything he asked her to do. And so this next weekend on July 22nd, they are going to be putting a retreat on and they're calling it at the well, uh, woman at the well. And it's, it's beautiful. And it's also St. Mary Magdalene's feast day. So get that right. And so it's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's on the 22nd, which is a Saturday and it's going to be at the shrine and we're going to be giving a series of talks. I'm going to be giving a series of talks and they're also going to have confession. They'll have Eucharistic adoration, Holy hour, and it's going to be a Eucharistic healing service as well. On top of that with the friars, which is going to be beautiful. And I'm really just inviting and encouraging women to come that, um, they want to change and they know that they hear that small, still voice and that God is trying to get their attention, but they're maybe afraid of it, or they don't know what to do or how to even start, or they're scared, right? Cause a lot of women are, and I was for a very long time and I'm inviting women to really kind of reflect on that one question, which is a pretty deep question. Sometimes it's hard to ask. And it took me even a while, um, is, what is it that is keeping you from becoming the woman that God is calling you to be? Because there's always something, there's always something that's trying to keep us right stuck and not moving forward in our relationship with Jesus. But what is that? And how deep do the depths of that go? Because it, it almost reminds me of like an, an octopus, right? As silly as that may be with like tentacles. If you could find that one big center thing that truly is causing the problems and what vice or sin or wound or brokenness, the tentacles that go from that of the different vices that are attached to those wounds that are surfacing, that are coming out maybe on your family or your work or your friends or your attitude or whatever it is, you can go to the source and really pray and think, well, what is it? And then kind of go from there. And it took a lot of adoration. I mean, adoration has transformed me as a woman. I just love Jesus. And I want to bring all women, all wounds, everything, because he can handle and deal with every and anything. There's nothing he can't handle that we bring to him. And no matter what's going on in my life, mm -hmm. I know Jesus will always be there for me. And as hard as it may be, when I go into adoration and I come out, I know I'm leaving 
with the grace and that supernatural strength almost from him he has given me in that moment to deal with whatever it is that's coming at me, right? And he'll never give us more than we can handle. And that is the truth. Because at times in my life, I thought I would be crushed under a lot of what was going on. But it always maybe goes to the brink that you feel like I'm, I'm just going to be crushed right now. But God always shows up. And like I said, even in my darkest times, I still heard God's voice, even in my filth and the deepest depths of that disgusting clubs I would go to. I still heard those whispers as much as I tried to shut them up with the drugs and the alcohol and everything else. I still heard Jesus pursuing me and is that conscience and everybody has it. And when people say to me, well, I don't hear Jesus. I literally say right back to them. I don't believe you because Mm -hmm. I experienced hearing that little whisper that I tried to shut up so much that I couldn't in the depths of that darkness that I know people hear him, but the problem is it's hard to listen. And sometimes it's incredibly hard to be obedient and you may not want what he's asking of you, but maybe some of you right now are listening to me and thinking, wow, I probably really do need that retreat. I really should go. It's not that far for me or whatever it is. (laughs) Listen, because you really never know what God wants of you, what he's asking of you, or the entire course of my life changed by just listening to that small, still voice, the trajectory of my entire life by just saying yes. So I encourage you, if you want to come, come join us next weekend at the shrine of the blessed sacrament. And it's going to be beautiful. And we even get to do prayers and a rosary with uh, mother Angelica's nuns, which will be phenomenal. And everything I'm going to be talking about is based on the women made new book that I wrote. So all the topics and a lot of that will be in there as well. Uh, I, I, I'm so excited um, to be able to go and, and be present, and I'm looking forward to it for my own, you know, time, uh, you know, of, uh, of healing. Uh, we all, you know, have those wounds, and though, uh, as you said, um, I always, uh, you know, the tentacles of the octopus out and how are those wounds, you know, uh, showing up in our lives, and so often we don't realize it. Um, that that's really the root of our impatience, or that's really the root of our lack of charity, or our re- how we respond, you know, to different things. And so, um, so such beautiful advice. I want to circle back. You you made mention about adoration and how transformative it is. And right now we're in the midst of this Eucharistic revival. And one of the things I I wanted to ask about was in the midst of this Eucharistic revival, what would be one thing that you would encourage people in their daily life to make sure that they're, they're incorporating so they can really be living out this, this revival? Go to confession. You really want to start and live the way Jesus is asking you, or you really want to embrace, and maybe you don't have faith in the Eucharist, but something is calling you and you know, you hear that Eucharistic revival, or there's just something inside you that just lights up a little bit. It's because I feel like right now, Jesus, because the times right now are so dark. And I know in past centuries and, and, and times it was bad, but we're living in this time. Right. (laughs) And we, we didn't experience how bad it was back then, but I know the bad now and Jesus is not leaving us alone. He's calling all people right now and giving them an opportunity and calling all people all over the world to himself in 
the Eucharist, right? And people think when Jesus left, he left us orphans and that he's not here anymore. And all this darkness is taking over the world. And that is so far from the truth because he's right there down the street in the church waiting for you to go to adoration and see him or at daily mass or on Sunday mass. That is Jesus. And he never left us. And he, that host, Jesus in the Eucharist is the most powerful thing that we have on this earth and all of hell trembles at that. And there is no weapon on this earth that they can create, create to destroy it either. And so we, we are really a privileged people that Jesus is here with us and that we can go to him and that he's there for us. And I really feel like this is such a unique time that it's like all hands on deck right now. We are in a battle. We are in a war. Jesus is calling all people to himself right now in the Eucharist. And people should take that, I feel, very seriously. And if they want to do one thing, that is one, go to confession. Because there's you can't understand and see a lot of the ways of God or understand things in the church or certain beliefs or whatnot because there's so much sin, you know, it kind of darkens our spiritual senses. And there's like, there were, I remember, like, I felt like there were like just scales on my eyes that came off that I could actually see things for the first time almost because I was so buried in mortal sin and just the weight of that and the darkness in me, it just clouded everything. And when you go to confession, um, you can see things a little more clearly. And I know there's a lot of fear surrounding confession, especially if you've done things in the past, that maybe you haven't even told anybody about well, you don't have to, and they don't matter. But what matters is just being right with God right now. And the priest isn't going to tell anyone either. So to have that courage and every Saturday, um, confession is all over the, all over the diocese in the United States to go, go to confession, have the courage. That's the first step. And then after that, I would go to adoration, maybe just try for 15 minutes once a week, start there and just try to be as Eucharistic as possible. And honestly, just listen to that small, still voice because it matters. It matters. I mean, it holds weight in heaven and it holds weight on earth, our decisions that we make right now. Because if I didn't listen, that talk that I had, that I knew God was calling me, it was just time to stop, right? And face it and own it and heal. It was just time that if I didn't listen to that small, still voice, imagine I didn't say yes that day. Imagine I left that party and said, okay, well, that sounds great. I know I need to do this but I'll do it later. And, you know, later's our worst enemy. And if I would have said that, I don't think I ever would have married Jason. He would have met me. He would have wanted to counsel me, you know, not marry me. I would have been a mess. I don't think I would have um, started our chastity ministry. Chastity project would has helped numerous people all over the world. It's a worldwide ministry that we both run. Um, and, I don't think that would have happened. And I also don't think my 11 children would have come into existence if I just didn't give God that. Yes. So mm -hmm. our decisions that we make on a daily basis, as much as we want to blow it off and act like it doesn't matter. Oh, it does. And so to take it very seriously, maybe in the first time in your life, that's the first time you're going to take it seriously. But I would encourage you to listen to those small, still promptings um, and just do what they say, no matter what, because in the end, God will bless you. Mm. So, so profound and so spot on um, is, is part of why, you know, my entire ministry is geared upon that. Yes, um, because it's from our yes that then God makes everything else come about. Um, and it, it can be the smallest of things. You know, it, it, it doesn't have to be a big one. Um, it can be the smallest of things of today, Lord, 
I'm going to not be impatient when my child comes and asks me for the hundredth time <laughs> that they want X, Y, or Z, and I'm not going to be, you know, short with them, but rather I'm going to be patient and explain that, that, that changes, you know, you know, us and it changes our family and them. And, you know, but we said yes to that, you know, and, yeah. and our Lord gives us the grace. Sure um, <laughs> Sometimes it's not so easy and no, I'm not perfect and I don't wear a halo, but wow, I have my impatience and I angry and mad and whatnot, but I always circle back, you know, you always circle back. And, and the thing is maybe you've fallen and some people out there have fallen and it's just like, well, I already blew it and I sinned again. I did it again. And okay, well you did it again. Okay. Well now it's time to get back up to show up to your own fight, go to confession, start over. That's it. You know, it's like, don't let the devil beat you down and keep you there. That's not what God wants, but it's really up to us to show up to our own fight. And it is a battle, but by the grace of God, we can overcome anything. It doesn't matter. I don't care what it is. We can overcome anything. Cause if I can overcome my past, anybody can overcome anything in their lives, you know? And I truly believe that. And God doesn't want to leave anybody behind nobody. I don't care who you are. We all have a seat at God's table. We all have a voice at God's table. And that place is specific for each individual purpose um, person. And everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a plan. Everybody has a calling on their life. And it's huge. Every single person walking this planet and that don't undermine the value of your own worth and what God is asking you to do. Because imagine that one young man, if he didn't get up there and do what God was asking him to do, I may not be here. And so it was contingent maybe upon his yes in that moment in my life. And he was obedient. So you never know what your yes can do in somebody else's life. And it's, it's a big deal. Ah, how, how very true. And probably one of the greatest things that I'm looking forward to God willing, I finally get to be in his presence in heaven and, and, you know, but the beatific vision to be able to see how it is that the small things that I never had a clue were having an impact of how it was that they were like the ripple in the, in the, in the, you know, in the, in the lake and it goes out and out and out. And to be able to see those people that I had no idea that they were paying attention or that I impacted them and to see that I was a part of helping them come home to him. And Mm -hmm. there, there, there is, I'm getting choked up because that that's something that um, just brings me the anticipation of that possibility helps me in the midst of the battle, because as you said, it's, I, I mean, I definitely don't have a halo and, and it's, something hey, honey, that- nobody does if you're alive. I'm sure like, everybody <laughs> struggles, everybody, nobody on this earth walking right now is perfect. That, and that gives me a bit of consolation as selfish as that may sound. <laughs> Nobody mm-hmm. is walking on this earth as perfect right now, but we're all striving and we're all trying mm-hmm. and we just have to show up. Right. That's what, that's what God he just wants us to show up. I mean, Jesus died in the cross and he saved, he saved all of us by doing that. But I really believe that it goes back to the garden of Gethsemane of having the, that courage of, of that. Yes. Of, of being willing to go and die on the cross, right? He had to make a choice. He had a decision. He was presented with something and he said, yes. And it was his yes that led to that. And so it matters, our obedience to what God is asking. And I'm going to take it a step further that 
every single one of us, as I said, has a purpose, has a mission, has a plan, has a calling on our life. And, and if someone would have told me in high school, in the midst of my darkness, what I was going to do, right? <laughs> what God was gonna, <laughs> how God could use me, I probably would have laughed at them and thought they were crazy or hired something was wrong with them, you know, mm-hmm. but you just can't even imagine what God has in store. So don't underplay your, your own value and worth, especially in the eyes of God, but you have to also give God permission Mm -hmm. to, and that has been my prayer. I give God permission and I, I tell him, transform me to become the woman, Lord Jesus. I give you permission to transform me, to become the woman that you are calling me to be, because unless we also give God that permission in our lives to transform us and mold us and help us and give us the grace to do what needs to be done. It won't happen, but we have, because, and just like the devil, all of hell could come at me and tempt me. But unless I say yes to that temptation, nothing can happen, but it is my yes. And my will given over to those decisions that hold huge weight in heaven or hell. So keep that in mind when you're stepping into all of this, just God, give God permission to do whatever it is he needs to do in your life. And, and at the end of our lives that we stand before God, that it should, we should want to say to him, looking at him and saying, I, I fulfilled the mission you gave me. I did everything you asked of me. And I fulfilled the mission that you created me for. Imagine being able to do that. I can't Mm -hmm. even being able to look in Jesus' eyes, because every single person is going to have to do it one day, like it or not. You're mm-hmm. going to look in his eyes. And I want to be able to say, I fulfilled the mission you gave me. Now, do I fully know what that is? Absolutely not. Does he give me little bits at a time? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, all I say is, okay, let's go. I got my marching orders. Let's go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And, and and I think you touch on something that is so very important is that so often, you know, we'll hear hey, God's put a calling on you. You have a purpose. And we get so caught up in the what is it mm-hmm. that we forget that what it is, is what is today. That's and, it, right. and, and for faithful to today, then he'll keep showing us what we're supposed to be about. And over time, that will be revealed, you know, um, but we get so impatient. I, I know that I do. And I, and I want them like, okay, gr- great, Lord. So if I do this, then, you know, then what's going to lead to that and then to that. And, you know, and that's, that's not what he wants. Instead, he wants us to trust him, know that his plan is so much better than any plan we might come up with. And it's going to be glorious if we just allow him to. And so giving him permission. Um, what's, what's one way that you have gone about in your own journey, being able to give God permission? Is there something of a practical nature, a particular, you know, practice or a particular, um, you know, prayer or, you know, um, that, that you have used in order to be attentive to making sure you're giving God permission, you know, to, you know, to be doing what he wants to be doing in your life instead of you going, no, God, I got this. <laughs> I, I think an important thing is to make sure that we're bringing our faith and our relationship with God um, in our daily lives and not putting him in a box on Sunday that we checked it off and that we went to church. And we sat there for that hour and that you're religious somehow, you know, it is good. And we need to go every Sunday. But it's really bringing God into the everyday 
and what you do and how you do that. And even if you just wake up and say, Lord Jesus, I give this day to you, please help me. You know, as simple as that and just letting him guide your day and just really listening. It's the simplest of things of really just knowing, okay, all of a sudden I'm doing something and I, I feel like, oh, I better call my friend, you know? And then you call and they're really going through something and they needed you in that moment. And that's happened to me several times where I'm like folding laundry or doing something that I'm like, oh, I better go call someone. I I just feel like I need to. So I do it, you know, and it's really almost kind of training yourself to listen to those small, still voice of God, of just that conscience. And we all know right from wrong. We all know when it's happening. We all know if we should be in that job or dating that person or whatnot, but maybe to take it further and, and there are things that, you know, you should be doing that you just blow off. But if you always just do them at the end of the day, God will bless you. He'll be with you. He'll give you the grace, but he wants to be with us throughout our day, not just in our prayer time, which we should have and set that aside a little bit each day, but it's really in our day in day out. It's a lifestyle. It's not, it's not a box. Oh, so, so important, um, because I know for me for a long time, I was doing that. Um, I made some decisions, you know, when I was younger of where it was like, I went and saw doctors, I went and saw, you know, uh, therapists, I went, you know, I, I went and, you know, asked advice of, you know, 10 zillion people, but did I sit down and pray about it? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and you look back and you go, what was I thinking? You know? Yeah, Yeah, it's true. It's so true. Nope. Oh gosh. How how very, but, but thank you for that, that practical advice. um, Because so often, again, we, we get fixated on the, well, I checked my box for the week and I, I went to mass and I took care of God and now I take care of my life and then I'll see him again, you know, in six days. Um, You know, and one thing I'll add to that is that we, I think a lot of people get frustrated, especially in their religion and, and living their faith out because we, they try to solve a lot of problems um, the way the world would solve problems. Right. But mm. we have, and we're not of the world. We're people of God. And we have to kind of, to a certain extent, separate ourselves from that. And with that being said, we don't solve our problems like the rest of the world does then. Right. We don't mm. go on Instagram or we don't go look things up or call different people or go to doctors or tarot reading or whatever it is they do, you know, and mm. a lot of people do that. No, the first thing that we should be doing as people of God is getting on our knees and praying and asking God to help and guide us through that problem, whatever it is, and then go from there. Because through that, you're under kind of his umbrella and you're under his kind of like, okay, what is God's will in this problem? And you put yourself under that. He always helps me. He always sees things through. And if I don't know, then I wait on God to show me. I'm not hasty. I don't just grasp. I really just wait. And sometimes that's what he wants because there are other things outside of us working that he's having work on maybe that specific problem that we need to have some patience with because it will show up, but it's in God's time and we don't force it in our time. Does that make sense? Oh, make, makes beautiful sense. And I think, you know, what you just said about not grasping about being patient and allowing God to reveal it, um, it is so spot on. One of the best definitions I ever heard of discernment is God in unveiling his plan you know, mm. in every day. And so when we're discerning, we're allowing God to unveil his plan for us. Um, kind of like, you know, you go to a play and the, and the uh, curtain rises, you know, in the same way, you know, 
it, just like at the play, you can like if the curtain's up like a, like six inches or whatever, it's not all the way down. You can kind of glimpse, you know, maybe what's going on and you think that's what it is. And sometimes we only get a glimpse and other times he raises it all the way up and we're totally clear. And other times, you know, it's halfway and we think that this is where we're supposed to go. But being patient and allowing God to, to reveal it. Um, it, it was so, such, such beautiful advice and, and so, so applicable in our world that wants the, you know, right now button, you know, they want the, uh, that not only do they want the easy button, they also want the right now button. Yeah. <laughs> Instantaneous, right? Absolutely. And, um, you know, when I was asked, I knew in my heart, I, this book came along and a lot of things came about because of this book. I'll be talking a lot, um, at the retreat about just, I think, just think so much where women are at and what we need help with, but I didn't want to, I, I was kind of scared. I'm just like, I don't know if I'm good. I don't know. You know, all of those insecurities that you get flooded with that demonic dialogue, right. That, mm-hmm. you know, God's asking, but then you just believe the lies the evil one tells us. And sometimes we so easily believe those lies and then we go with it. But if we so easily believe those lies of the negative, the evil one tells us, it's really, it's shocking how hard it is for us to believe that God's going to counter that with him talking to us as well. Right. And that we believe the truths that he's trying to tell us or those small, still whispers mean something. So don't always listen to that demonic dialogue. Cause it has really held me back in my past from a lot of things. I know God was asking me to do if it's insecurity or fear or whatnot, but also know God will counter that. He always balances things out. I have found <laughs> and my spiritual director told me, God will always find a way. Just, just, he'll always show up. Maybe not how you like it, but he always will be there in some way, shape or form to help you with a problem. And I ended up writing this and a lot happened, but I never again could have known what this would have transpired into. And it was so popular and it did so well that EWTN decided to turn it into, um, uh, women made new free on free, which is awesome online learning series for women to help them in their healing process with all of these different topics that I spoke of earlier. And that anybody around the world could just go to that website and just sign up. And then they have all of these resources and videos and, and me teaching, helping them walk through step by step. And there's even, um, a digital study guide, there's prayers. And the beautiful thing about it is that Mother Angelica is one of the contributors and they actually pulled the archive videos where I got her chapters from and she is actually teaching and talking to us herself there in that learning series, um, helping us walk through different issues, which is amazing and just such a blessing. So like I said, you never know when God asks you to do something, what can transpire from that. So if anyone wants to go and do this learning series or look into it, they can go to EWTN.com slash women made new and it's right there and it's all free which is amazing it is and so um that's absolutely spectacular and so so excited about that um and another reason to if you're anywhere in the area of the diocese of birmingham alabama and our lady of angels monastery and the shrine you know in hansville Next Saturday, you need to get here because that's where it begins. Um, it, it's a way to dive deep in. But I want to turn and go a little bit more into your book. Um, and in a particular way, uh, you kind of have alluded to it, but I wanted to ask the question, you know, what really, because you said God asked you to do this. So what was the genesis, though, of what really, you know, came about and now is known as the Woman Made New Book? 
So we just moved to not too long after we just moved to Arizona and I was really pregnant. And that's one of those things where I did not want to move here, but I knew it's what God wanted. <laughs> and we, I, I said, okay, that's God's will. I just knew. And we ended up moving, but, um, I was pregnant and I was about seven months going into our eighth, my eighth month. And I, and that's when your body's kind of really loose and getting ready for delivery, all of that. And I just bent down to get a drink, a little juice box in this little house the kids have. And just the way I bent down my back muscles kind of just, they open a little bit, right? There's so much weight and everything, but when they went back, they went back the wrong way mm. and so went to go st- stand up. I literally fell. I couldn't stand my entire right side, my leg, I would just gave, I was in the most excruciating pain. I think I've ever had besides childbirth in my life. <laughs> it was really bad. I was shaking. My whole body was shit. It was bad. And I'm like, Jason, you know, scream for Jason. He comes and he, I mean, we had no idea what just happened. And so he scooped me up as big as I was. He took me to the emergency room and they didn't know what happened. They, they couldn't figure it out. I couldn't get x-rays. They couldn't really do anything extensive because I was so pregnant, yeah. I the baby. So they pretty much gave me like Tylenol Motrin or something and said, um, it's probably just your sciatica. And they sent me home. And meanwhile, I mean, I couldn't walk. I couldn't move. If I had to go to the bathroom, Jason had to go carry me. It was terrible. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe what was happening to me. And I was bedridden. And I remember being in bed and there are times when you're having to really you feel like you're crushed under this cross, right? There are times when you're crying to God and there's times when you're crying out to God, right? And I was literally crying out to God in that moment. And, and I couldn't believe it was happening. So either you can get angry in those times or you can embrace it. And I obviously embraced it. And I really just spent that time while I was bedridden, just praying and and embracing my relationship with God and reading and, and doing what I could. But in the middle of that, um, I had a dream. I had a dream all of a sudden I was standing in front of these rows and rows and rows and rows of women of different ethnicities, sizes, and all of their backs were to me. And all of a sudden I saw this big black shadow swooping in and out of these rows of women. And as they were swooping in and out um, and the shadow passed them, they were throwing something behind them over their head. Right. And I thought, what I I was, what are those? And I even said, Lord Jesus, what are those? And I turned around and all these like things were falling to this. I I saw as I turned around this desolate, dead desert. And these things were falling on the sand. And it sounded like a bunch of rocks hitting wet sand. Right. But they weren't rocks. They were the most magnificent, beautiful gems I've ever seen. And they were hitting and the sand would come up as they hit the ground and it would swallow them like it was never there. And I said, Lord Jesus, what are those? And I heard a voice say back to me, those are the gifts and talents that I have given and virtues that I have given women in their vocation. And they are throwing them away and giving way to the world. And he said, go find the gems and give them back to the women. And then I woke up (laughs) and then I woke Mm. up. And I remember saying, what, what, where, where are these gems? Where am I supposed to find them? And it was just like, what, what just happened? You know, and there I am again, Jason, where are you? And he comes <laughs> to the room and I tell him what happened. And he's like, well, well, okay, we're going to pray about that. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't know what to say. 
And then time went on and I kind of just kept it close to my heart and things kind of evolved with my women made me ministry and my relationship with EWTN. I have my podcast every Saturday. Um, and they, people can hear on Sirius XM 130 every Saturday of that. And then I did my women made me television series for women and mothers and moms. And, um, and then I had this idea for this book because I really wanted to weaponize women in their healing process, but I just didn't want this to be about me. I know there are so many amazing powerhouse women with other ministries that a lot of these Catholic women don't know about. And mm -hmm. I wanted to bring all of them together because maybe they suffered from abortion, but I didn't have an abortion. So I really can't speak on that. And, but there is someone out there that has amazing ministry and that person can help them, you know, and they'll relate to that person more than me. So I went to adoration and I sat and I prayed about all of this. And I really waited for God to just kind of let me know who these people would be. And I went through and I had this list of women and their ministries. And the thing that got me the most is I'm writing and writing. And then all of a sudden I thought of mother Angelica and I had this like pencil drop moment, this pen drop moment. <laughs> like, no way. I mean, this is shooting for like the stars of the moon, but this is like the universe, you know, like how would that even happen? But I wrote it down and I just kept praying. And slowly I called each woman one by one. So all of the women in this book and the contributors are, um, mother Angelica, which I got that. And then, um, I'll just name a few of, uh, Lisa Cotter. We have Catherine Hadro, Teresa Tamio, Janet Bankovic, um, Joy Pinto and uh, Cameron Fred and just a couple more, but it's really beautiful because each of those women have their own ministries and they're all overcomers in their own life. They all have had, have serious things happen to them that they really have um, worked through and just kind of conquered in their lives. And they have the message and they have the ministry to help those women if they've had an abortion or been raped or divorced or eating disorder or people pleasing problems. It's all in there. And I remember calling Catherine Hadro asking her, well, she said, Kristalina, what is it you want me to write about? And I said, you know, Catherine, why did you go to adoration? And Jesus is just gonna, I don't know, give you that gem that he wants you to give to women. And I remember as soon as I said that, I started crying. I got the phone with her. I started crying. I said, oh my gosh, I'm collecting the gems. I'm collecting. Mm -hmm. I just felt like, oh, it's happening. And it's really beautiful because throughout this book, all the different women in each chapter discusses really goes into a lot of the hurts and pains and wounds. Mm -hmm. But I also start each chapter with a quote from Mother Angelica that kind of correlates with that chapter and Mother Angelica's essence is really throughout this entire book. And she also has two chapters and I listened to 300 hours of mother Angelica's videos and archives. And they allowed me to compile two chapters from mother Angelica and the prayer in the beginning is really beautiful. Cause I don't know, it must be a gift from mother Angelica that she, um, they'd never had been in writing before. And I found it and they published it. And it's the be very beginning of the book, but it's really beautiful because she just talks about holding your head up high and not to worry because with the sacred heart of Jesus and immaculate heart of Mary, like God, your God's providence is at work in your life and he's got you. And it's, it's just beautiful. And so I really feel like this, this book, I really was able to kind of pick it from the, the tree of my suffering. You know, it's like fruit from the tree of my own suffering. I feel, and 
And it's really so far helped a lot of women. And now it's turned into a video series that any woman can help themselves. And that's the biggest thing. I just want to get things out there that are really going to help and transform and help women to step into what God's calling them to be. Because if I could even just get, let's say a thousand women to really heal and truly embrace and face it, own it, heal it and become the woman God's calling them to be. Look at that right there. It's like an army of a thousand women that have stepped into everything that God is, is trying to do in their lives. They're a force to be reckoned reckon with right there. Even if I have one, two or three, that woman becomes a force to be reckoned with. And God is going to do great things with them because this isn't the Crystalina show. And this is all about me. This is about women truly helping women and helping them become whatever it is God is calling them to. And it can be done. So don't be discouraged and don't give into fear or anxiety or the lies the devil's trying to tell you, but um, show up to your fight, have the courage to show up to your fight. It was really scary and hard for me to show up to my fight and kind of slay the things that I had to in my life, but God gave me the weapons to do it. And I did, and I'm calling all women to do the same, to give them that courage. And it's contagious. And that other women can help women too. So that's pretty much what it was all about. And now there's this beautiful learning series. And, and it also is coinciding with this unbelievable retreat that, that God is allowing us to put on at the shrine uh, where Mother Angelica is at. So it's really, and we get to pray with her nuns and just, just the whole thing. And just Jesus is so the center of the entire day. And I really feel all the women that he's calling is just wants to do something great in them. And, um, there's no one that's unworthy. Everybody's called and invited right now. Absolutely. Um, just to kind of, um, you know, uh, go back and beautiful about how um, our Lord has brought, you know, this, this book together. Um, what did you personally find to be the most challenging in the writing and putting it together, you know, uh, with, with others? What, what did you find to be the most challenging, you know, part of the process? You know, the spiritual warfare was pretty intense during that time. And that's how, you know, you kind of have your hand on the pulse of what God wants you to do, because there is going to be a level of warfare involved and, and the devil not wanting you to do it. But at mm -hmm. the same time, that's where it's like, okay, you gotta, mm -hmm. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta show up, you gotta pray up and you gotta keep up right of what God's asking. But there was a time I remember it was like in the middle of the night too. And I was writing that I really I, all of a sudden I just like went blank. I'm like, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? And, um, and I remember sitting in my office and this is what was really beautiful because I would have these times of like these blocks, you know, and I'd pray through them. And I remember looking, which was so great. I looked up at my wall and I have this big picture of St. Therese of Lisieux. It was this black and white, um, picture of her being dressed as Joan of Arc, you know, which one I'm talking about mm -hmm. and Joan of Arc and she has a sword in her hand and it's just beautiful. But something I never noticed in at all looking at that photo, but I noticed it in that moment is that down by her feet was a white crown of roses that was there. And I looked at that and I thought, oh my gosh, that God really right there is this crown of roses. And it's like that picture and just all of it, it just, it's like God was almost foreshadowing what she was going to be doing and part of her mission and that crown of roses, because she's really helped me in my entire life. And every time I pray to St. Therese of Lisieux, I always get a rose or something, you know, and people have said that in the past, but she really has helped me. And 
And in that moment, I really felt like everybody has this mission and this call in their life. And I was just looking at St. Therese of Lisieux and dressed up as just like, just in that sword and warrior and just, you know, we all have such a great call in our lives. And I think we downplay it and we're scared of it, but it was hard for me to kind of get past that, but I did. And I realized because a lot of my healing in my past also has, has been like, um, not worthy. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. And the devil has really played on those wounds. And I just keep moving forward, scared or not worthy or not. I'm doing what God wants, you know, <laughs> but yeah. we all have those things in our life, but it's really up to us to fight them. But God will give you the grace and the courage. But I think that that was for me, it's just like overcoming, like, who am I to put mother Angelica's writings together or do anything? You know, who am I, why do I have business doing that? You know, and that kept coming to me, but at the end of the day, well, I don't, but God does. And if that's what he's asking me to do, I need to do it. And that's the beauty of staying in God's will in your life, because no matter what demon comes at you, no matter what, what person or put down or insecurity or whatever is happening at the end of the day, all I know is this is what God's asking me to do. And I'm going to keep moving forward until I know he's stopping me. But, but someone's negative opinions of me or someone trying to put me down and make me insecure or any temptation, those things don't matter. All that matters is that I'm fulfilling God's will in my life because I answer to God for what he's asking me to do and nobody else. And if that person's trying to keep me from that, well, I'm sorry, they need to go pray about that and ask God about that because I know what I'm supposed to be doing and that person should go see what God's asking them, you know, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it, it's just staying in the will of God. Uh, as many distractions and things come your way is just always pursuing whatever it is he's asking you to do. Uh, absolutely beautiful. Uh, thank you so much, Kristalina. I, I, our time, we actually, I, we went over uh, what I went uh, <laughs> in um, and uh, so but all of what we've been talking about is so needed to be heard in our world today, um, and particularly, you know, for, for women to hear it, but even for, for the men folk, for them to yeah. understand that they are a part of this in helping the women in their lives, their moms, their daughters, their sisters, their aunts, you know, their grandmothers, you know, everyone helping them become who God wanted wants them to be so that we all can be in heaven so that together we can be celebrating in the end. But we can't do that if we don't allow him to come with his grace and transform us. And uh, so thank you so much. And uh, so um, any final words uh, before we, we sign off here for, for the audience out there? Oh, absolutely. And the, well, the women may new book is really for, I'd say maybe 16 years old and up or like 18 year old graduating and up. And it's for all those, the ages and all the way till you're 99, right? Because God still wants to do great things. I don't care how old you are. There's no excuse. Like God's calling all people. And so the age group really goes from that. And also, so does the learning series that, um, if you've gone through those things that that learning series would be for you too. So I really encourage women to go to EWTN.com slash women made new to sign up for the learning series. And if you want the book, you can also get it there. And if you want to start a healing process, you also can go to um, my website, but honestly, if you just go to the EWTN.com slash women made new, everything's on there and it'll link you to my website as well. But I just want to encourage women if, if they're not sure and they know they want to go, but they're not sure, 
you know, just listen, just listen to God's God's just little promptings and he always will bless you. And that if you can get to confession and that it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, all that matters now is where you go from here. Amen. Uh, thank you again uh, for your time. It's been such a beautiful conversation. I'm so looking forward to being there and being able to uh, spend time with you next Saturday. And for everybody else out there who's listening, do try and make it a point to, to get there, um, to be able to experience a day that is going to be absolutely uh, grace-filled. Um, and because uh, our our Lord never disappoints. I, I know that for sure. For God. Day, but tomorrow registration is going to close. So on Sunday, registration will close. So there's not a lot of time to sign up. And I know seating is limited, but I know there's still some, some left. I'll be putting in the show notes and also, you know, as, as I send it out, but absolutely spot on, make sure that you register by it's the feast of our, our lady of Mount Carmel on Sunday, July 16th. So perfect, you know, you know, our lady's calling you. So make sure to go in to do that. But out there, it just ties into what we always end every podcast with, of uh, you know of my prayers for you, and also that you continue to do whatever it takes so that together we can tell the master of death, not today. God yeah. bless everybody. So what might be some resolutions that you could take from this conversation with Kristalina? Well, the first one, she gives us that first resolution, go to confession. If you have not been to confession in a long time, know of my prayers that you will be given the courage to go and to experience this gift of grace and love and mercy. If you've just gone last week, nothing wrong with going again. So get to confession. Second, get to adoration. Go and spend some time in adoration and make sure that you allow the graces of our Lord to wash over you and to give you the strength that you need for whatever it is that you need the strength for. And finally, go to EWTN.com forward slash women made new and sign up for the learning series today, or go to sign up for, of course, the July 22nd retreat day. And you can do that by going to olam.com forward slash shrine. Actually, the easiest way is just Google the Our Lady of the Angels Monastery in Hansville, Alabama, and they have events and they have the at the well there's an icon there on the front page and you can sign up there but definitely go and do those things get to confession go to adoration and go and take advantage of the beautiful offerings that are at ew10.com and or come join us on july 22nd and experience that day of healing and wholeness and holiness Hey everyone, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here. And if you've been listening to this podcast, if you have found it to be of any value in your life whatsoever, please share it. Please share this you know, opportunity for people to receive food for the head, heart, hands, and feet so that they can be inspired and encouraged and so that they also 
can be accompanying you on the road to holiness and helping you become more fully that man or woman God created you to be. But share and make sure to follow the podcast as well and click that like button. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.